Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Mesech Tishkolim Perik Dalid, Mishnah Dalid, and Mishnah Hay. Each year, they would take the Truma funds and they would withdraw, as we noted, three times a year, withdraw funds for the Karbanos. What happens, however, if they have remaining, remaining Shkolim, they have extra money at the end of the year? What would they do with the Shkolim? Most are Truma Hayosim, but what would they do with the remainder Truma? They would take these funds to buy gold and use it to, as plating, that gold is plating, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim to cover the walls, the floor, and the ceiling of the holiest of holies. Rabbi Yishmael Omer, Moser Peros, if you recall in the previous Mishnah, Rabbi Yishmael was of the opinion, Rabbi Akiva disagreed, that if there was leftover money, they would purchase wine, oils, and fine flour, and then they would sell that to the people who came to the temple and needed to bring those as karbonos, as nesachim, as libations, etc. What happens with that? the profit earned from the sale of those, literally payers means fruits, but it means the oils, oils wines, and flour. The kaitz mezbeach, they use it for, kaitz mezbeach is dessert of the mezbeach. What is dessert of the mezbeach? They wanted to ensure there were always karbonos being brought. So if there was a lull period where people weren't bringing karbonos and there was no communal sacrifice that was being brought, they would take money from these surplus, uh, this, this surplus money, this profit, and they would buy quote-unquote dessert, as they just bring a carbon up just so the, the Mizbeach was always active. they bring a carbon, so they would never be left idle. It's called Kaitz Mizbeach, dessert Mizbeach. And most are Truma clichares. And the leftover Truma funds were used to buy the vessels, the bowls, etc., that were used when preparing the offerings. Rekiv Omer, most are Truma Kaitz Mizbeach. No. The truma, the, the, the truma was meant for a communal sacrifice, so we have to use it for a uh, communal sacrifice, therefore we'll use it for the kaitz mezbeach, the, the, the dessert of the altar. What if there was a surplus of wines, oils, and fine flour? So again, to differentiate between Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel said if there's extra money, you go ahead and purchase wines, oils, and fine flour, and use it to stock a store in the mezbe- in the in the base of Migdash, and then people would purchase it. Here, it's you just have extra surplus of wine, oils, and fine flour, which was meant to be used as a carbon, or with the carbonos, and yet you end up with too much at the end of the year. The klisharis, that you use to buy the vessels uh, that were used in the temple. The says, The surplus nesachem go for the dessert of the altar, and the surplus truma funds go to the klisharis. But both Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Hanani Kohanim disagree with Rabbi Yishmael, and they think that you, they don't uh, allow you to take the um, take sur- surplus money, purchase purchase food with that surplus money, and then sell resell that because that, that's uh, it's you're doing business with temple funds, and that's not so proper. Okay, Mishnah. Hey, most is my boat. Every day, twice a day, they'd bring katoris, which is incense, on the inner golden altar. And they would make this katoris in the beginning of the year, estimating how much they used. The problem is that not every year has the same amount of days. They would make 368 uh, mana, which is the measurement of katoris, for the year. The problem is as follows, that some years you have, why 368, excuse me, because they're 365 days of the year, and then on Yom Kippur they brought an additional three manas worth of katoris. The problem is that sometimes you end up with a year that is uh, the Jewish calendar that ends up being smaller because of fewer leap days, or you have a leap year, etc. So because the calendar isn't set, sometimes you end up with a surplus of eleven mana um, for the um, for the for uh, during the year of katoras. Now you comes to the end of the year, you have an extra eleven mana, you have extra katoras. What do you do with the surplus? So the problem is you can't just get rid of it because it's consecrated, it's holy. 
So they would go through an, an exchange, and you'd see here it's a bit of an elaborate exchange, and the point of the exchange was to basically take this Ketoris, which was from one year, and allow it to be used the next year. In order to do that, you have to deconsecrate it and then reconsecrate it. The one problem is that they didn't want to just deconsecrate and give it to someone, any random person, because that's already, it's a Ganai, it's not so respectful that you're taking and giving to a random person. So they'd want to keep within the orbit of the temple. Therefore, what would they do is as follows. They would They would take from the temp the truma funds money to pay the craftsmen those who were engaged in preparing the ketores. It was a very special art. Then what would they do? They would then say the the sanctity of the ketores is being consecrated onto the wages of the craftsmen. So now the craftsmen are holding coins that have the sanctity of the ketores on it. And they would give, and then they would take. The um well okay sorry take a step back they would say to the craftsman let's just use names Ruvain you deserve uh, thirty dollars so they say these coins which are from the shkalim we're going to consecrate them with the kedusha the sanctity of the katoris now instead of giving the coins to the craftsman now you have coins that have sanctity and you have this incense which lost its sanctity because again you you took the sanctity away from it and consecrated it onto coins they then give the katoris this leftover katoris to the craftsman as pay. So they give $11, or whatever the amount we just used, to the craftsman as pay. Now what we have is coins that are, are sanctified with katoris, and the craftsmen now have, were paid with the leftover katoris. Then the, they would go and they purchase the katoris back from the craftsmen with new truma, with new coins. So now they'd say, now here's 11, a, a different $11, which is just $11, not consecrated katoras. Give us the katoras back, and here's your wages that you, you, you're owed for making the katoras. Now, what would effectively happen here? So they would now, what they would do now is as follows. They would, again, they would, and they, the money they used to, to and they, excuse me here, I messed it up. They would then take truma from this year, truma from this year, and they would put truma coins, the shkalim, and purchase the katoras back from the craftsmen. So now what effectively you do is as follows. You have katoras from 2022. Let's just use English dates. And it's left over. You can't use it for 2023 because it has to be purchased with coins from 2023. So they'd say to the craftsmen, you're owed, let's say, $11. We're going to give you $11 worth of this katoras. Okay? Now... Instead of, and now, now nothing is transferred at this point yet. How are they going to give the money? They would say, well, we're going to take $11 from the previous year, and we're, quote-unquote, giving it to you so that, so that it's going to be your wages. But rather than giving it to you, what we want to do is take the sanctity of the Katoras and transfer it onto these coins. Okay, so now you have coins which are officially owned by the um, by the w workers with the sanctity of the katoras on it. Next, what they would do is by doing so, and, and the katoras loses its sanctity. Then what they would do is give the unconsecrated leftover katoras to the craftsmen as their pay. So now instead of giving the co coins, now they give them the katoras. So you have now have coins with sanctity and katoras with no sanctity. And then the last part is they would take coins from this year new coins from 2023 and purchased the leftover Katoras. And by doing so, now they have purchased Katoras with coins from this year, and now they're, they're based on English is in possession with the Katoras, it's now, and it can be used now for this year, and the, the craftsmen walk away with coins that, which, which is payment for their wages. Okay, so that is a little complicated, that's what's going on here. In Baal Chodesh what happens as follows. 
if one year, now they, they would purchase again Rosh Chodesh Nisan, they would go to the treasury and take the Shkalim, the new Shkalim, to purchase the Torah. What happens if one year the Shkalim didn't come in on time, they don't have money of this year to purchase the mana. If the Shkalim arrive in time, they would purchase the Torah with this year. With this year's um, funds, but if there was a delay and the truma funds did not arrive on time, then the leftover katoras is brought back from the craftsman using old truma, and then they'd have to, um, and then they would have to just they're, they're forced to use old old truma funds to buy it back because they have no other option. Again, a little complicated, and I suggest you look it inside because there's a lot going on here. I wish you all a wonderful day.